welcome to Faith. My name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. It's good to be with you. Uh, we are starting a brand new series today entitled Big Ten. Now, are there any college football fans out there? Yeah, a few. All right. Who are the MSU people? Uh huh. And the U of M people? <laughs> All right. Are there are there any Ohio State people out there? Let's see. That, that is proof positive. There's room at the foot of the cross for everybody, all right? Yeah, all right. So uh, we've entitled this series Big Ten, and it has nothing to do with college sports whatsoever. Um, just something to get you engaged. Um, actually, this is a series on God's Big Ten, on the Ten Commandments. And each week of this series, we're going to take some time to dig down deeply into the Ten Commandments, and in doing so, discover um, how relevant how meaningful, and how life-giving they actually are for us in our lives today. So we're going to take a minute, we're going to pray, we're going to invite God to be part of this, and then we're going to have a pop quiz immediately after that here at church, which I probably should not have told you about, because now you're going to be thinking about what's a pop quiz about instead of listening to what we're praying about, but the damage has been done. So um, let's pray together, and and then we'll see what you know. Uh, Father, again, just thank you uh, for these students who are, uh, many of whom are at their uh, graduations even uh, right now as we're speaking and praying for them. Just pray that you would bless them and what they are hoping and striving for in the future. Thanks for the culmination of so much work up until this point in their lives. Fathers, we take time and just explore together this portion of the Bible today and in weeks to come. I pray that you would meet us that you would speak your wisdom and your truth to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, all textbooks away. Mm -hmm. No Bibles, no cell phones, no tablets, no cheating at church, all right? Ten Commandments, all right? So um, we're going to pop quiz. Uh, The series is on Ten Commandments, so the pop quiz is going to be on. Yeah, see, this is easy. You're going to be just fine, all right? So um, now, here's the deal. If you're like, you're a Bible nerd, this is your chance to shine, okay? You can wow and impress your friends and neighbors with your vast theological prowess. If you're sitting there and you're like, I'm not a Bible nerd, and I don't want to be a Bible nerd, but I don't want to look foolish at church. Like, I'm afraid, like, I'm not going to know what I'm talking about, right? A couple of things. One is, you'd be surprised at how many folks don't know the answers to the questions that we're about to ask. And so if you don't, you're not alone. And two, if, you, if you're like, I don't, like, I'm going to look foolish at church, I've got your back. Here's what you do. One of two things, right? When the questions come, you know, and I'm going to say, hey, if, you know, if you're on the live stream, you can just put it in the chat. If you're in the room, you just call out the answer. But if you're like, I don't know the answer, you just cross your arms <laughs> and you scowl. Like you're like, and then everybody thinks she knows the answer, but she's offended by a pop quiz at church, and this is irreverent, and you're not going to participate in this, right? You go that if you're like, well, I don't want to come across as all curmud- you know, just this curmudgeon at church. Here's option number two: you just do like this, your best bored, disinterested face, and you're just like, this is so stupid, this is so cheesy. Sure, my parents are into this, but I am not into this thing. I'm not going to dignify this with a response. They won't know that you don't know. They'll just think you're too cool to participate. All right? So everybody ready? 
Okay, so here we go. Ten Commandments, we get them in their entirety at two points in the Old Testament. First time they come, right? I need the book and I need the chapter the first time we get the Ten Commandments in their entirety. Just call it out. Exodus what? 20. Excellent. Right, Sherry. When we start passing out cookies, you get a free one, all right? Watch out for the COVID, though. All right, so second time, second time the, the, the Ten Commandments come in their entirety in the Bible. I need the book and I need the chapter. Deuteronomy. <laughs> you used to be a pastor. That frightens me. All right, so Deuteronomy chapter five. Excellent. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I said no cheating, all right? If we throw it up there and you got smarts, all right? So here we go. Now, who, who, who's, we got anybody willing to come up here and go, I'm going to give you the Ten Commandments in order. It could be a payday with this. Anybody? Bueller? <laughs> Nothing. All right, we'll do this together then, you cowards, all right? So first commandment, what is it? No other gods. Let's see, survey said, yeah, all right. Number two, no swearing is not correct. No. Number two, idols, very good. Yeah, all right. Number three, you're right. You should be up here, man. All right, number three, in the Lord's name of it. Number four, like Sabbath, very good. Give me a break, Laura, right? Yes, excellent, Sabbath, all right. Number five, uh huh, honor your parents, good. Number six, killing, uh huh, very good, Matt, you're killing it, yep, all right. Number seven, adultery, yes, yeah, <laughs> if you keep saying it, it'll eventually, we'll get there, all right. <laughs> Number eight, Honor your pastor. I like that, but it's not on there. <laughs> Steal. Very good. All right. Number nine. Woo! He's on fire back there. Number 10. Don't covet. All right. We have for you a payday, sir. All right. Last time I threw something out into the crowd, I almost hit Ann Fielder square in the forehead. Ann can't see. She didn't know any better. All right. Here we go. Close, all right. Clearly played college ball. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, so those, that, 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 that 10 commandments, God's big 10. So go ahead and open up your textbooks if you have one. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 20. <clears throat> um, and we're going to read through these together today. All right. Exodus 20. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I am the Lord your God. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing 
love to a thousand generations for those who keep my commandments. Pastor Laura's going to explain that when she preaches on her week. She promised me that, all right? So um, she, she, it's going to be amazing. Um, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord your God will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do your work, but on the seventh day it is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he restored it on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God gives you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servants, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So there you go. Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, God's Big Ten. Now, fair question to ask is why? Like, why are we going to spend the summer studying the Ten Commandments? Like, if you have to go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, these are thousands and thousands of years old, how could they possibly be relevant to our lives today? Or last week, you're like, well, hey, you, know, you mentioned that you know, the students are going to be with us for the summer, and you're going to do something fun and something wild and crazy, and we are, hold on. But you're like, where's the fun in this? Like, where's the fun in thou shalt not, and you better do this, and don't you dare do that? If you're going, why are we doing this? That's a fair question. I'm not mad at you for having it. And so what, actually, what we're going to do today is we're going to spend the entire day thinking through the why of the Ten Commandments. Why are we going to study these? And, and, and then in each week to follow, we're going to take a, you know, a commandment, we're going to dig down deep and unpack this thing and see how it's relevant for our lives today. But to, to really, to best understand why we're going to do this, it's helpful to look at what the Ten Commandments are. Because when you understand what the Ten Commandments are, you understand why it is we would take time to study them this summer. And, 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 and really, with the Ten Commandments, there are all kinds of misconceptions about what they are. And so when you, when you un, kind of undo some of the misconceptions and truly understand what they truly are, the, the why becomes very clear. So, for example, misconceptions. Oftentimes people say, well, the Ten Commandments, I mean, that's just that, that ancient list of rules that, that, that I have to follow if I'm going to be good with God. Like, if I'm going to have things right between me and God, I better get the Ten Commandments down. Better do these things. If I don't, God's going to get me. That's not what the Ten Commandments are. It's not this list of rules that we follow to get right with God. And you see this, you see this in who the Ten Commandments are first given to and, and when they're given. Like, if you think about it, the Ten Commandments in the book of Exodus, they're given to the Israelites. And then the Ten Commandments, again in Deuteronomy, they're given to the Israelites. And if you know your Bible history, you know that like, the Israelites, when these commandments are given, are they given before the Israelites have a covenant relationship with God? 
Or are they given after the Israelites have already entered into a covenant relationship with God? It's after. Like, like in, in Exodus, they leave Egypt. They enter into this covenant relationship with God. And then God says to them, hey, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. God, God has delivered them from slavery. He's entered into a covenant relationship with them. He has redeemed their lives. And then, now that he is their God, then he gives them the Ten Commandments. Or you, you, you read in Deuteronomy. You know, God gives the Ten Commandments. By the time you're in Deuteronomy, the Israelites have been in a covenant relationship with God for generations now. The, the, this isn't like I do these ten things and then God's happy with me. I do these 10 things and then I appease God. Or sometimes you know, you'll hear people say things like, well, you know, like when I die, I know I'm going to heaven because I've been a good person. I've followed the 10 commandments. That's not what they are about. The 10 commandments aren't about how we become God's people. The 10 commandments are how we live now that we already are God's people. Again, you, you see this in when they come. At two of the most critical points in their history as a people, the Israelites get the Ten Commandments. They've just been brought out of Egypt. God enters into a covenant relationship with them. He gives them the Ten Commandments as he's saying to them, hey, you are, you are now going to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, you're going to show the rest of the world what it looks like when people live for me. Or then, as they're standing on the edge of the Jordan River, getting ready to go into the promised land and become the people who God has wanted them to be for generations now, he gives them the Ten Commandments. Both times, it's, they're already living in relationship with him. They're right on the precipice of doing something incredible for God. He says, okay, now that you're redeemed, now that you're my people, now that you're getting ready to live for me, keep these 10 things in mind. It's not about how I get right with God. And said, here's our first what for the 10 commandments. The 10 commandments, they are foundational principles by which God's people will order their lives. People who are already living in relationship with God are going to go, hey, these are foundational principles to order my life by. This isn't how I get to God. This is what I do now that I'm already there. Or here's another common misconception when it comes to Ten Commandments. Oftentimes people are like, well, some, some old religious guy came up with this list of rules to ruin my fun. Like, like God is just sitting up there in heaven and he's watching you. And, and every time he sees you doing something that might be just a little bit enjoyable, he's going to come up with some law to make it illegal now. Again, this is not what the Ten Commandments are about. Instead, here, here's our second what. The Ten Commandments, they are meant to set us free to live our best lives while simultaneously protecting us from that which would destroy us. God's not trying to ruin your fun. He's actually trying to set you free to live your best life. This is why in Deuteronomy, right after giving the Ten Commandments again, Moses says this, he says, so be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left 
walk in obedience to all the Lord your God has commanded you. Why, Moses? So that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Be, be careful to keep these 10 things. How come? Because this is going to help you live your best life in the land God is taking you to. See, the, the idea is simple. The idea is that God is the creator. He is the designer. And he designed you, and he designed me, and he designed life. And he designed it to be lived a specific way. And when we live the way we were designed, life goes better. Now, that doesn't mean that life is perfect. It doesn't mean that everything works out my way, that everything's up and to the right, that it's happy, happy, joy, joy, rainbow puking unicorns every day. It's not how life works. You just live here for a minute and you know life doesn't work like that. It's an imperfect world. It's a fallen, broken world. Circumstances and people don't do what they should or, or what they could. But by and large, when we live into God's design, when we live the way that we were designed to live, life goes better. Because when you use something the way it was designed to be used, it works better. When you use something in a way that it was not designed to be used, then life tends to go poorly. All right? So when, when, when you use a tool the way it was designed to be used, it just goes better. When you use a tool in the way it was not designed to be used, you're in the hot seat, Sue. Uh, it, it, it goes poorly. All right? So, for example, this is a heat torch. I, well, you know, there's not much fun in careful, Sue. <laughs> All right. So this is a heat torch, and it is designed um, to take tar off of, a, you know, like you got a roof, like a tar roof, and you get a crack in that. That will melt it and, and like, fix the crack there. Or if you've got weeds in the parking lot, Luke Scaff, this is his new best friend. I mean, you just burn them babies up, right? Or if you've got an ice dam, this can melt through that. Now, that's what the tool is designed to be used for. And I'm telling you, it's incredibly effective when you use it that way. I read the box. I know what the tool's supposed to be used for. But that repressed pyromaniac middle schooler that resides deep within my soul, it's like, no, this is an industrial strength birthday candle lighter. Right? Like, we got a cake, we got candles, we got a lighter. What could go wrong? Let's give it a shot. You ready? You ready, Sue? All right, here we go. <laughs> now, if, if you're watching on the live stream, you can't smell it. If you're here in the room, it's pretty much all you can smell. That's the smell of destruction on a Sunday morning, all right? Now, it's not hard. Like, it's easy to see. When you use a tool the way it's designed to be used, it works well. When you use a tool in a way in which it was never designed to be used, it's destructive. We will try and have this outside after church. You can get a taste. I don't know. I'm told the taste of propane is just a wonderful thing. <laughs> Here's the deal. It's so easy to see this with a tool, and yet we, we just 
we wrestle with this when it comes to our lives. We're like, God's trying to ruin my fun. No, he's not. He's trying to keep you from burning your life to the ground. God understands. When you live your life the way it was designed to be lived, it goes well. When you live your life in a way it was never designed to be lived, it becomes destructive. Which, which transitions really well into our next what. See, the Ten Commandments, they reveal to us the common battlegrounds of our lives. In the Ten Commandments, God is pointing us to the things that are most likely to burn our lives down. Let, let's, let's, let's bring the Big Ten back up again here. Just think about this. Just think about this. You ever struggle to keep God as first priority in your life? You, you ever wrestle with authentic worship? You ever been tempted to like use spirituality to, to advance your own personal agenda? A anybody here have any, any issues with rest or the pace of life? Or how much, how many hours you're working? Anybody have any authority issues that they struggle with? Ever get mad at someone? They, di they did something to you and it hurt and now you're tempted to do something to hurt them back. Anybody struggle with sexual purity either in your mind or in your behavior? Have you ever been tempted to take what isn't yours to get ahead? Have you ever been tempted to tell a little white lie or a great big fat lie because it's going to make things look better and work better for you? Have you ever looked at what somebody else had that you didn't have and you wanted it and you deserved it but you didn't get it and you struggled with that? Like, like who among us can come up here and go, I don't have a problem with any of this stuff. Chances are, if we were honest, we'd be like, well, I got, I got this one, this one, and that one. These are the common battlegrounds of our life. God knew that as human beings, we would have a natural proclivity to gravitate towards things that would destroy us in these areas of our lives. So he's going, hey, 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 pay attention. You get these 10 right, it can go really well. But you get these 10 wrong, and it will destroy you. I know you. I know what you're thinking even before you think it. Watch out for this stuff, God's saying. Watch out. All right, one last what? One last what? The Ten Commandments are directives for our lives from God himself. Now, th this is something that as human beings we have struggled with since our very beginning. This idea of who's the final authority? Who, who has the final say when it comes to right and wrong and what's moral and immoral? Who, who says so? Who has the authority to do that? Does God have the final say? Is God the final authority when it comes to right and wrong? And, and in light of that, I need to conform my thinking and my behavior to what he has said. Or is humanity the final authority? Do we have the final say as to right and wrong? And, and, and in light of that, we get to edit what God has said to fit our more progressive thinking. Since the history of humanity began, we have wrestled with this idea of says who. We just, we struggle with this. We struggle mightily with this. 
give you an example of what I'm talking about. A few years ago, CNN posted an article. It was entitled, Behold, Atheist's New Ten Commandments. And basically, I had a pretty, couple really well-known atheists who decided, well, God's in no position to tell me what to do. He's not even out there. But we kind of like and dislike this whole commandments idea, and we want to be a little bit satirical. And so what they did is they decided to come up with the ten non-commandments. They, they decided they were going to crowdsource it. And so they, they put it out there on the Internet. They offered $10,000 to the best would-be Moses. And they had thousands and thousands of suggestions or non-commandments. It's kind of contradictory, a little bit of an oxymoron there. Come into them, right? And, and then they appointed a panel of 13 judges to distill it down to the best 10. Here's what they came up with. 10 non-commandments. Be open-minded and be willing to alter your beliefs with new evidence. Strive to understand what is most likely to be true, not to believe what you wish to be true. The scientific method is the most reliable way to understand the natural world. Every person has the right to control, to have the Every person has the right to control their own body. God is not necessary to be a good person or to live a full and meaningful life. Be mindful of the consequences of your actions and recognize that you must take responsibility for them. Treat others the way that you want them to treat you and can reasonably expect them to want to be treated. Think about their perspective. We have a responsibility to consider others, including future generations. No, there is no one right way to live. Leave the world a better place than you found it. Now, read through these things and was struck by some of the irony that comes in them. Some of the contradictions. For example, number five says, you don't need God to live a good life. But then number seven quotes Jesus, who claimed to be God, right? Or, or number three says, Scientific method is the best way to understand the natural world. And then the next seven all appeal to sciences outside of natural science. I think my favorite one, though, is there is no one right way to live, which would mean the other nine have no authority in your life now. <laughs> but aside from the contradictions, this is just, it is just another example of humanity's desire to be its own final authority. It's humanity's desire to get to call the shots as to what's inbounds, out of bounds, what's right and what's wrong. When you were growing up, how many of you had siblings growing up? How many of you, how did you feel when your sibling came and told you what to do? Exactly, right? You know, it's just like, especially when they're younger, it's like, I'm going to hit you, right? You know, so like growing up, there was, there was a period in, in, in our time in our home where we had one television, right? And young people try and wrap your brains around this. It was the only tool with which we could rot our brains, right? I am old enough that there was once a day, I can remember, personally experienced, where there were no cell phones, there were no personal computers, there were no tablets, hold on, there were no video games in the home, Right? If you wanted to rot your brain, TV was your only option, right? And so for, for a season, we only had one. And so I, I remember watching TV, and I'm the oldest, and so there were the programs that I was allowed to watch that my younger siblings were not. And so I'd be sitting there, and I'd be watching one of my shows, which meant that my younger siblings couldn't be in the room with me watching TV. Oh, darn. 
I've got the TV all to myself, right? You know, praise God from whom all blessings flow. So I'm sitting there, I'm just, I'm just loving life. And then one of my younger siblings would come walking into the room and they'd be like, you got to change the channel. You got to put it on something we can both watch, right? And I'd be like, right? And my response would be, says who? Hate's a strong word. I hated it. <laughs> when they would say to me, Dad, that's who says, he says there's only one TV and you gotta share. Hated as I might. You know what I did? I changed the channel. There was no question in the house that I grew up in as to who was the final authority. Dad was the final authority at home. It was, just, it was just no question. He had the right to determine right and wrong. He got to call the shots. The Ten Commandments begin like this. And God spoke all these words. And God spoke all these words. When it comes to the most important issues in our lives, how we live and relate to one another, when it comes to issues like worship and integrity and authority and honesty and sexuality and money and more, the Ten Commandments have the audacity to claim authority in our lives. And when the culture that surrounds us responds, says who? The Ten Commandments come back with God. That's who says. And the Ten Commandments, God claims to have ultimate authority in your life and mine. In the Ten Commandments, God has the, claims the right to say, this is inbounds, this is out of bounds. You need to conform your thinking and your behavior to my directives, not the other way around. See, these are what the Ten Commandments are. These are the what's for the Ten Commandments. And that's why we're going to take time this summer. Next week, we're going to go after one and two. And then each following week, we're going to just take one a week. We're going to unpack these things. And hopefully in them, see, God's not trying to ruin anything. He's trying to show you how to live your best life. He's trying to protect you. It, it is truth from God's mouth to our lives. Pray with me, please. Father, thank you just for the truth that you are trying to share with us in Exodus 20. Father, I just pray in the weeks to come that you would, you would help us, that you would work in our minds, that you would work in our hearts and our emotions and our thinking. God, we just pray that we would be open to you and to your truth and what you're trying to teach us about life. God, that we would, that we would see you are God. And as God, you have the right to say so. In fact, you're the only one qualified to do so. Be with us, we pray. In 
Jesus' name. Amen.